ones to follow. This is Black Bookers on Radio Tab. Certainly is. We've all got our little black book and we need to tuck away those selections and we're going to start off uh, with uh, Brisbane and uh, welcome in Michael Maxworthy. Hi, Maxie. Hello, Merck. Yes, we've uh, done a bit of a review for last Thursday at Doomburn. Got a couple there and again from Eagle Farm on Saturday. So hopefully we can follow and profit over the next month or so. Let's hope so. And uh, race number two, something caught your eye there Thursday. Yes, that was the transferred meeting from Wednesday. Doombin was Wednesday to Thursday. So we had that midweek rail. Um, so we've got to bear that in mind. And just analysing the racing Merck from Thursday at Doombin, it did appear that there was a pattern close to the inside with the rail out 11 metres. If you were nearer the inside, it was a significant advantage. And in race number two, a filly called Caxton Lass uh, finished second behind Antonito. She's a filly trained by Rob Heathcote. And I think she's one to follow out of that. She's only lightly raced. She drew barrier number seven and didn't break that well. So Martin Harley allowed the speed to go so he could go back behind them to last and tried to, to get up on the rails, which he did. It was just at a vital stage of the race when she needed to go forward. She was held up for a couple of strides and then had to switch back towards the inside. And when she did, she lengthened stride nicely. But the on-pace runner, Antonito, was able to hold her but clearly she put her hand up for maybe next time. And I like the fact that we're, you know, there were some good gaps between the field in that particular maiden. So the first one from race two last Thursday, Caxton Lass. Race two, um, Caxton Lass. And uh, on to race number six now. Yeah, Petersham, she's becoming a bit costly for me. She's only had the two starts uh, since coming from Randwick to Tony Gollins, but it hasn't been her fault again. You've just got to get the right runs in transit at the Wednesday meetings when the rail is, is way out. And uh, that cost a first start up here at Doombin. And then she stepped up to 13.50 last Thursday, thought she was going to settle closer. And that looked to be Jimmy Orman's intention, but they'd gone about 150 metres and she was wide. So he made the decision to go back. Uh, she got a nice cruisy run through. Uh, but then uh, was sort of, you know, had to come around the whole field and the leader sort of kicked away where you had to be there on Thursday. So I thought her effort, uh, very few horses came as wide as she did last Thursday at Doombin and ran on and she hit the line hard for perhaps next time. The, 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 the winner had led and won and uh, the runner-up, uh, Victoria Rock, got through along the inside. So I thought her run was full of merit again. She's a rating 62 horse Petersham. So maybe next time in a similar race, maybe a class one, 1,400 at Eagle Farm in an ideal world would be perfect for her. So from uh, Doombin, we take race two, Caxton Lass, race six, Petersham. Then we go across the road to Eagle Farm on Saturday. And how did the track play there? Yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah. We had the rail sort of back in. It was only out, what, three metres there. So there was no real drama with any bias on Saturday at Eagle Farm, I felt. Um, the first of them, though, Mert, comes up in race eight. Uh, it was um, the race won by Betcher the Crown. Now, the horse that finished fifth called Schmoozer is one to follow. Now, he was uh, second up. He'd won at Ipswich. He was second up on Saturday. Big drifter in the market, 18 out to $26. Now, he was following African Daisy in the run, seemingly getting a, a nice trip. Now, they get to about the 200 metres mark, and the leader, lead Baltray, had hit the wall and was dropping back quickly and sort of shifted left, and Schmoozer went straight up the, the rear end. Yet, once he balanced up, and this is sort of inside the last 50, 
You know, he, he's lost complete momentum, but he picked himself up nicely and really hit, hit the line hard in what I thought was a pretty strong race um, with uh, the winner Betcha of the Crown just beating African Daisy. So with his rating of 67-point schnoozer going forward, maybe within the next month, uh, a similar Class 3 over 1,400 metres, I would think would be ideal for him, schmoozer. Schmoozer in race number. I love the name as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you fun. can't forget it. No. And uh, then we move on to race number 10 on Saturday. Yes. Um, the last on the card, it was won by Daytona Bay, Daytona Bay who uh, offset the awkward gate by going to the lead and gave a really strong kick. But the horse that bit his six was a bit of a hidden run called Hell of a Deal. Um, she should have finished a lot closer. She probably should have just about run third had, um, you know, the run of the race gone her way in the straight. She's a back marker and she got back and when she needed to get going, she couldn't. She was disappointed for a run and had to switch back towards the inside and she was going for the same run as Warp Speed who eventually got third. Warp Speed beat her to the run. She had to take hold because she was she was checked in that incident. So... For her to finish as close as she did to Daytona Bay, she's only beaten three lengths, should have finished much, much closer. I think clearly she is one to follow. And I remember last prep, Merck, she went off the boil after a couple of runs. She was great first up, like she was this time. Mm -hmm. Then, um, then she put it together. She managed to win a race at Eagle Farm before failing in the Toowoomba Cup and going for a break. She's a lightly framed mare, so I'm thinking second up next time. Yep. Maybe over 1,600, 1,800, then hell of the deal will be something to bet on. Well, there's uh, some for the black books, so we can, uh, you know, get ourselves organised for times coming forward. And uh, we uh, thank you very much, Maxie, for your time today. Okay, thank you, Merck. Have a good day. Will do. Thank you. So, uh, Doombin last Thursday, two Caxton Lass and six Petersham. Eagle Farm Saturday, race eight, Schmoozer, and race ten, hell of a deal there from Maxi. So, we go around the grounds as we do with uh, Black Bookers each and every Monday, and it's time to welcome in Jared Daffy. Hello, Jared. Hello, Mercedes. It's uh, good to have your company in a little bit of a different setting today. Yes, I'm actually a bit surprised you're there. For those who are unaware, it was, of course, your birthday yesterday and normally you take the week off and make a massive celebration out of it, but you've, you've clocked on today. That's that's very... That, well, that's terrific. <laughs> well, I, I felt that I had to. It was my duty, so uh, here I am. Mm. <laughs> so nice work. What, let's start in Queensland and uh, look back at last Monday. Yes, uh, very rarely find one on a Monday night for the Black Book uh, segment, but we found one doing fine for Michael Patterson. Add box two over the 600 metre course. Gee, it was strong in the run home. 34.94. It's only had to 11 starts for three wins. It's by Superior Panama, so it is bred to stick. Um, that was its first middle distance run. We'll see it, uh, no doubt, in the future over the 600 and probably 700. I, th I think it's got a future in the staying ranks. And from Queensland... On Thursday night, obviously, we had the two group ones there Thursday night, but we also had the Country Cup yeah. and one called Plum Tuckered. Uh, it had the pink box there. Danny Prey has been putting the polish on this one. It originally started racing at uh, in Albion Park, but uh, recently, or a few months ago, went north to Townsville and it set the track a lot up there. It broke the record over two distances, but returned on Thursday night from the pink in the Country Cup. Now, it ran 30.06. To put that in context, the gold bullion final uh, won by Morton, 29.91, so only a couple of lengths slower. Yeah. It's now going to campaign in south-east Queensland under the tutelage of Tony Appap, and rest assured it'll work its way through the grades. 
So we uh, race six doing fine. And uh, then on Thursday, race four, Plum Tuckered uh, last week. Uh, now we turn our attention to South Australia. Yeah, one that's um, it, it burst on the scene a couple of months ago. But uh, it, it put its head up again the other night as, you know, follow me, called Unholy Rain. It's had 20 starts now for 10 wins. It's a really good beginner, and it's definitely suited from a wide draw, uh, which is what it had the other night. It led all the way, a flying 5.16 early, an overall 30.51. And again, Adana Rico, which just wins for fun each and every Thursday night at Al- uh, Angle Park. It ran 30.31, so... Uh, what, a tick under three lengths outside of that best of the night. So I think it's got a future, Unholy Rain. All right, race eight, Unholy Rain. On, on to New South Wales and Wentworth Park on Friday. Yes, they raced Friday night with Gosford on Saturday night. Uh, one called August Bob. Uh, it uh, ran 5.37 early before winning an overall 29.65, which was the best of the night. It's by my redeemer. You don't see many of these showing, Zip. December 21, so it's not overly old. It's had 20 starts for nine wins. I think it's got a good win in him, uh, this one. It's been racing against the best over the last couple of months, but that 5.37 early split will always put you in good stead around uh, Wentworth Park and some of those tracks down there where they do run the feature races. So August Bob from Friday night. And then back to your home state, Victoria. Yes, and back to Warnable last Thursday night, we saw explicit um, for Jason Thompson. This is the one... Leading into the Phoenix last year, all of the talk was about it. Unfortunately, it injured itself, so it was on the sidelines for a couple of months. It's now had three runs back, uh, 12 starts overall for 10 wins, and it's won all three. But Thursday night at Warnable, it had box seven and came out humming and uh, ran 24.76, which is just outside of the record uh, held by uh, that dog that won the uh, the Pools of Thunder last week, Dutch Riot. Uh, 24.76. So it's going to be featuring in all of these big group races coming up. Obviously, we've got a handful of those in Victoria in the coming weeks uh, and uh, the Sand Groper in WA. So we're going to see plenty of explicit. And from Melbourne, uh, again, the Meadows on Saturday night, a rather oddly named Bun Storm. So it's B-U-N and then Storm, trained by Tom Daly. He's got all of this litter. It's by Droopy Sydney. It had box two. Uh, it's won its last couple of the Meadows. Good run on Saturday night. Good strong run, 30.07. Seven starts now for three wins. It's won its last couple there. Uh, it's another one we'll probably see over the 600. So Bun Storm from the Meadows on Saturday night. And uh, any one of them stand out to you? Probably explicit, uh, Merck, because we are going to see him feature in all of these uh, future ra- futures races coming up, the big ones, and he's got whips of early pace. He's got untapped potential. All right. Well, Jared, thank you for your time once again on Black Bookers on a Monday, and uh, we'll catch up with you uh, next time. Thanks, Mercedes. Thank you to Jared Daffy. And then we move on to Sydney and Rose Hill Gardens on the weekend, and it's uh, my pleasure to welcome in Nick Burney. Hello, Nick. Hi, Mercedes. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. It's nice to have your company here on this uh, Monday, Black Bookers. And uh, we go to Rose Hill Gardens. Yeah, the first one I wanted to black book was Logan Street Lion coming out of the Chris Wally yard. And um, he always does usually race well fresh and at Rose Hill, but I thought his return was quite strong. He wasn't suited to the race shape. They went at a very slow tempo there on Saturday and nothing nothing brought him into the race, but I thought he showed a good turn of foot and you really break down his sectionals and he clearly ran the race faster 600 to 200 metre split. So he had to exert all his energy through that section. He's just peaked late. So 
I think he can only come on from that run. Um, as we saw in the trials this morning, some of the, the good horses are starting to really come back. Um, I think he can just hopefully, though, knock off a, one of these 1,800-metre races or 1,600 metres second up um, before the big boys come back, I suppose. But um, I think you can definitely get a win out of him at, at some odds. And how did the track play there on the weekend, Nick? I thought it played quite well, um, especially uh, probably just off the fence um, on the circle races and maybe slightly on pace out of the shoot races. But all in all, I thought the Rose Hill track played really well um, and I was happy to um, not really give a disadvantage to too many horses. Oh, well, that's great news. And then uh, your next Black Booker comes up in the race after. Yeah, Salt Coat. So I've been following this uh, horse for some time now. I thought he was really strong there in his Australian debut at Randwick and um, he just, I don't know what happened to him in his next start, but he was very flat there. So he went out for a spell. He's come back second uh, Australian preparation for Chris Waller. And I thought it was a really good return there on Saturday. I know he had every chance, um, but I just really liked how he wanted to keep fighting the line. He built through it, ran a good final last two on a relative to the day. Um, and there was a nice margin to third. So I think this preparation, he's definitely going to get a win. And just in time, I think we can follow Salt Coast. I think he's a really nice horse. So happy to clearly black book Salt Coast. Okay. And uh, we've got one more for the punters. And where did you find that? Yeah, Steffi Magnetica. I suppose probably a lot of people might find this horse because it should have gone very close. It should have been right, right in the finish. Um, thought it was very strong winning at Orange first up. That went to Flemington second up, but had the bias against and... Um, came here back to Rose Hill Saturday and look, she's in career best form. Um, she was checked and blocked, pretty much flattened at the 200. But for her to pick back up and finish the way she did and hit the line um, just shows that how good she is going this prep. 1,200 metres was the first time on Saturday she got out to that distance and I don't think that's any issue whatsoever. So definitely follow her. Um, I think she can knock off a race. Hopefully, Joe, we just get a, a good price, but a lot of people probably did see um, how unlucky she was. Nick, uh, do you favour any one of them out of the three? Yeah, I think Salt Coats. I really like this horse. I think we can definitely get a win out of him, this preparation. And um, just through time, I think he um, can only keep improving. So definitely follow Salt Coats. Always great to have you join us on a Monday. First time for us together. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you again sometime. Thanks, Mercedes. Have a nice day. Thank you, Nick. And uh, from Nick, we head back to Adelaide. And uh, welcome back, Ben. Hello, Ben. Once again, Ben Scadden. Hi. Hi again, Mercedes. How are you? And uh, where do we start off with your black bookers this week? Uh, you were kicking off in the in the second race, the race on the parks track on, on Saturday. Um, Will Clark and Nicky O'Shea won the race with Toaster Deal, and I was happy about that because I was, I was on there. But the, I thought the runner-up, Hayai Mesu, ran a, ran a really nice um, race for the stable. She's only been with them relatively recently. She's a former um, Lindsay Park horse, so she's with Ben Will and J.D. Hayes, and... Um, she just won the one race over there. She's beautifully bred. She's by Maurice, that champion Japanese galloper. Um, she's okay first up at Oakbank, but I thought she was she was good on Saturday behind the stable mate Toaster Deal. She got a, got a long way back, made really really solid ground to be beaten just under a length. Her only moves over sixteen hundred metres. This race on Saturday was twelve fifty, um, and the way she finished the race off suggests that she will be better over further. So, like if she steps out to fourteen hundred next time, I'd be pretty confident to be following her. She certainly got everything going in her favour, that's for sure. Now uh, we move no on doubt. to we move on to race number four. Yeah, I'm kind of, it's funny the way the black book has worked out. I'm kind of sticking with two stables for my my four, and the, the second one is um, is Mighty Sapphire for Aaron Bain and Ned Taylor. This stable is going really, really well, and Mighty Sapphire, look, you um, you know if you've been following, I think you'd be pretty satisfied because he, he won his first two starts for the stable, but he, he's still racing really well. 
Um, the the second will he be factor on Saturday? I, th I thought was was um, you know very solid. He uh, he um, was doing his his best work late. He was pretty much last, very wide on the turn, just kept on going um, to be beaten. I said you know. Less than a half length. He's been around about a neck by Willie. Be, Willie be a factor. He's a horse has been racing really well as well. So, um, look, you won't get a fancy price next time you see him. He'll be, you know, depending on the quality of the field, he'll be at best each way odds. But I think you can just continue to follow him with um, with a fair bit of confidence. He's racing really, really well, and he'll give you a great he'll give you a great sight next time you see him. Mighty Sapphire. And on to race number five is where you find your next one. Yeah, as I said, um, sticking to the couple of stables here. This, so this is another Will Clark and Nicky O'Shea runner. This Philly Papiana by Piero. She had a few trials and looked okay in those trials. Um, thought she did a nice job on Saturday. Look, she's only fifth of eight behind Tyless. Um, but the way she finished the race off was was impressive. I thought she she um, you know she was really strong late. She was pretty much last last for most of the way, but she was powerful late. She was seven dollars into five dollars. So. Get a, get a feeling the sable do think a little bit of her as well. So um, the way she finished off suggests she's a she's a filly with plenty of upside. I think she'll continue to improve with racing, with experience. Um, she's one you can continue continue to follow with a fair bit of confidence in town, I reckon, Papiana. Papiana there from race number five. And where was the next one? Yeah, so another Bain Taylor runner this time. Speak easy in the last race. Uh, this man's only had a couple of starts for the stable. She was ex-Matt Kamani. Um... The run at Gawler was pretty plain. I think it's fair to say she, she ran last, beating 22 and a half lengths. But um, what we saw on Saturday showed that that run was a complete aberration. Um, the second to Jewel Fuel was really good. Jewel Fuel was racing racing very, very well. She did a really, really strong job, I thought, on Saturday, Speak Easy. She, uh, she was kind of midfield, worked to the front, First clear and just got nailed late by Jewel Fuel, who's a good good quality horse. But she, it was a game game effort, I thought, by Speakeasy. Um, the way she raced on Saturday suggests that there's the 2,000 metres plus is no issue for at all. If she gets that to 2,200 or something next time, then she'll have no problem seeing that out. As I said, she, uh, she probably hit the front a little bit earlier than they would have wanted, and she was very game to the line, just beaten literally in the last stride. I think if you're on it, you might have thought you even won the race on Saturday, but um, don't give up. I reckon she's going to win one for that new stable very soon. Hence uh, putting her into the black book. Now, if you had to pick one. Uh, yeah, I think Hey I Messi really, really liked its its run for the uh, Clark and O'Shea stable. And that stable is going going super, super well at the moment. So, um, yeah, I'd expect a, a very good good run next time around for, from Hey I Messi. Ben, thank you for helping us to fill up our black books today and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Mercedes. Bye-bye. Okay has been uh, covering everything Adelaide and uh, now we head to uh, Hobart where of course it's a big week of uh, racing coming up or a big time of racing in fact and uh, Colin McNiff joins us now. Hi Cole. Hi Merck, yeah really looking forward to the next uh, week we really start to, to ramp up the, the summer racing festival as of uh, a Friday of this week. Yeah and uh, we uh, look at Launceston and uh, your first black booker comes up there. Yeah, race one, Sienna Wolf, a first starter, a four-year-old who was having her first run yesterday. Look, she drew wide, uh, she drew barrier 12 in a field of 13, immediately went back to the tail, was taken to the inside. 
Cut to the outside, coming around the home turn, was back second or third last at the 400-metre mark. Made some gradual ground in the home straight without being knocked around overly. Finished seventh of 13, was beaten uh, three and a half lengths. I thought it was a nice sort of debut performance. She had uh, run second at two trials in January leading into her first race. I think probably had she drawn a little closer, she may have gone closer. Certainly one to follow. She's uh, beautifully bred. She is a sister to the smart galloper. Alpine Wolf, so certainly one to watch. Sienna Wolf from race number one. Race one, Sienna Wolf, and uh, where was the next one that you found, uh, Lonnie? In race three, Rigoletto. It's only had two runs in from a spell, and uh, its first up run, you just forgot all about it. Was slow to begin, got checked straight after the start and finished tenth, but. It then went and had a little trial at Longford last week, just a, a very soft trial when it ran third, and then stepped out in Launceston and was back last coming around the home turn, finished up running second beat and a half length. It was held up coming for a, or going for a run coming around the home turn. I, I think had uh, Craig Newitt been able to get it to the outside a, a little quicker, he probably gets the money. It finished off very quickly. That was over 1,400 metres. Its pet distance is certainly 1,600 metres. I'd imagine Johnny Blacker will be looking to uh, to step it up to that 1,600 metres next time around. So Rigoletto is cherry ripe to win third up from a spell. Now, you mentioned you were out at the Longford Trials. Anything stand out there? Yes, one, uh, Durazzo. It's had two trials for two wins. It's one trained by Barry Campbell and owned by Star Thoroughbred. So uh, they always have some good horses down down here and this three-year-old is by needs further from Aranzano who was a very good race mare down here with a very soft trial win in good time scored by two lengths so Durazzo three-year-old will be debuting I'd imagine in the next couple of weeks trained by Barry Campbell in the purple and white stars watch for it at its initial start out of the three do you have one that stands out I would think um, I'm quite happy with all three, to be perfectly honest. Um, but, uh, yeah, Sienna Wolf, I think, if it draws a barrier next time around, it, it will be winning. Fantastic. Colt, thank you for your time this morning. And they go into the black book. Good on you, mate. Thank you. No worries. There's uh, Colin McNiff to bring us all the latest there for the uh, Hobart Black Book segment. And now we turn our attention to Harness and uh, we welcome in Darren Clayton. Hello, Darren. Yeah, morning, Mark. I don't think we've ever uh, spoken before, so I guess it's a case of long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> and it's fantastic to have you here, and I'm really pleased to be speaking with you as well. So uh, we've got uh, Black Bookers to get through, and uh, Albion Park on Friday. What came out of there? Yeah, so there was a horse there by the name of Tim Z. Now, he started from second-line gate. Um, it was a, a race that... Uh, he was able to ease down to the fence and just look for the shortest way home. The leader was able to win the race, and he was just following up behind them, not beaten too far, 5.5 metres officially, 2,100-metre race. He's a horse better suited back at the mile. Uh, he's also a horse that hasn't had any luck with barriers of late. He's a gate-speed horse, and he's had to overcome second-line barriers his last three in succession. Four of his past five, in fact, have been from the second line. So he's a horse. Let's wait for him to get back to the mile and get back to that front-line gate, and he's certainly going to be an improver. And uh, that's race two, Timsey, out of Friday. Anything out of Saturday at Albion Park? Yeah, there was two there at Saturday night. Mercedes, the first one come up in race five, a horse by the name of Delhi Row. Uh, drew gate seven, having his first start as a three-year-old, um, finished his two-year-old season 
in a Group 1 triad race back in August. He'd had one trial in readiness for this comeback and taking on some pretty experienced campaigners he was straight up and uh, it was a race dictated in fast time out in front. Pete McMullen took Delhi Road back to the rear, sat at the rear, came with one run and he was pretty kind to him over the closing stages. Uh, sectionally, if you go back and look at uh, that, he's done a really good job. The, the sectional data shows he's run an extra uh, 30 metres than any of his opposition and he's only been beaten 3.5 in good time. So we'll keep an eye on Delhi Road where he comes up next. Importantly too, he had the outside draw embargo there on Saturday night. That has now come off after a, a successful run. Oh, good. That's always good news as uh, we move on to race number eight. Yeah, and this is a mare's race, Carly Morgan. Um, she'd drawn wide. Matt Elkins was able to slide across. He found 1-1 one, one cover. He then um, made a bit of a mid-race move, got outside the leader, but then received cover again. So he's effectively sort of sat 1-1 one, one for the majority of the race. Pretty good time set out in front. Again, the, the leader was the winner. He's made a late dive in the straight. Only got beat by the barest possible margin. Short half head. Good times as well. Again, as we know, barrier draw is so important in, in the harness racing. And Carly Morgan, she has not had any luck at all. Gate six, her past two, outside the second line prior to that. Um, previous two before that, gate six. And again, gate ten, one prior to that. So just no luck at all. This mare can get a barrier draw. She will be winning a race, Carly Morgan. Carly Morgan there in race number eight. And Darren, three good Black bookers to put in anything that stands out from the three. Yeah, of the of those three, I think Carly Morgan certainly if she gets a gate. But Delhi Rowe, he's the one. He's a he's a really high quality three year old, I think, and we're going to see a, a pretty handy horse this season. Darren, it's been wonderful to chat to you at last, <laughs> and uh, I look yeah. forward to chatting again sometime. Have a good day. Thanks, Mercedes.